on the Marty Party Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Martinson. And today, we are coming back to you with another set of over-unders for the NBA season, previewing the Western Conference. And joining me today, once again, is my good friend Josh Towner, all the way from Brooklyn, New York. What is going on, Joshua? Yeah, there's been a ton of podcasts out there recently as the season is coming just right around the corner. Uh, with some uh, over-under previews. We've heard them on The Ringer. We've heard them on many other uh, publications. But today we are going to give our own versions, and we're actually doubling up. Um, we're going to do we're going to record two podcasts today, but uh, the second one is still somewhat of a secret, so we'll make sure to reveal that to you down the road. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're getting underway with over-unders for... Uh, the Western Conference today, and before we do that, though, I need to step onto my soapbox, Josh. I need to talk about Jimmy Butler and Tom Thibodeau and the absolute dumpster fire that is the Minnesota Timberwolves. I watched a bunch of the game last night, or last preseason game in Milwaukee, uh, and basically what happened is Giannis Antetokounmpo had 32 points, 12 rebounds, and 10 assists in 25 minutes. Um... Yeah, and yeah, he had his triple-double by the middle of the third quarter. Uh, Wolves gave up 84 points the first half. Um, no Andrew Wiggins and no Jimmy Butler in that in that game, but you could tell that it wouldn't have mattered even if they were if they were there because the schemes are just so terribly designed and so old-fashioned. The, the Bucks ran the same drive-and-kick corner three play like eight times and the Wolves didn't adjust at all. They still collapse on the drive and don't protect the corner three. Chris Middleton walked into like five three-pointers in the first five minutes of the third quarter. Um, and Derrick Rose was guarding him. So you that isn't really a surprise. Uh, uh, apparently, well, there was somebody standing up on the sideline. He was, he was actually somewhat quiet, but... Uh, Hopefully, um, he's not around too much longer. And that's what I'm going to get to, is that, like, okay, yes, all this Jimmy Butler drama is happening, and he, he might be right about some things in terms of the effort being given by the younger players. Uh, Townsend Wiggins obviously need to step up, but they also need somebody in the leadership position that is good for them. And I think all of this falls back on the fact that Tom Thibodeau is not helping this franchise whatsoever and the only thing he's done is bring in guys who help win games he he as a coach is responsible for zero of the wins that the Wolves got last year in their return to the playoffs absolutely zero he is not a good coach anymore he should not be coaching a team in the National Basketball Association anymore so and what I have on this on this note sheet that I'm running with is in all caps why has Tom Thibodeau not been ejected into the ozone layer yet? That is just, it just boggles my mind. People have been, like, Twitter last night was the worst I've ever seen it. There is, if there were, if there was anybody left that was in support of Tom Thibodeau and his coaching ability, they are, they've disappeared. There is nobody left that is on board with him at all. They might still be against how the players are playing, but you could tell even those guys have given up on trying to, Play, ba- play basketball for Tom Thibodeau. It was bad last night. And I applaud 
Carl uh, Anthony Towns for how he's carrying himself right now. I would not be surprised if he requests a trade if none of this ends up being taken care of. Um, but as of right now, Tom Thibodeau needs to go, and that has to be the first thing that happens because unless he is gone, even if J- Jimmy Butler's traded, uh, even if like we get a decent return for him, nothing is changing about this team and how they play on the basketball court unless there's a different coach in charge. And I will step off my soapbox now for your reaction. Uh, I would counter, at this point, what are your choices, though? What other option do the Wolves have? I mean, everybody just tore into the Suns for firing their GM right before this season started. Now you've got to, I agree you need to get Tibbs out, but what is your other option? Are you just going to throw this season? I, I don't think, well, to be honest, the Wolves, even with Butler, they hit their they probably hit their ceiling last year like they're not going to win more games than they did last year because they didn't improve at all and their coach is still running the same stuff they did that didn't work so my my goal if I was going to run the wolves for, for this season would be to fire Thibodeau trade Butler hopefully back to hopefully to the heat and get back that offer that they had on the table before Pat Riley allegedly called Tom Thibodeau a mother effer um, and then I would probably hire from within, hire from within at least for the season. I would give the job to Ryan Saunders, who has proven as an assistant coach and as the son of Flip Saunders that he at least has a little bit of basketball IQ. Um, I'm I'm cool with him taking over for the year, but honestly, like it it might be a lost season, but in the long run, it'll be, be- it it's got to be beneficial because then you you keep Carl Towns happy, you let him grow mm-hmm. without anybody stunting him, and same same kind of thing for Wiggins. If he if he ends up blossoming, great. If he doesn't, oh well, we, we've gotten ourselves into this mess already. But I think that after like with this season, you ho- you just play it out, almost like you would for like like the last Kevin Love season when the Wolves won forty games. Yeah, they weren't like trying to win, get to the playoffs. They didn't make a push or anything in the off season to make that happen. But they just played and they won forty games. I think that's what would happen with the Wolves. If you just give those guys a little bit of freedom and just get them out from underneath the, um, the the tyranny, I guess is a decent word for it, of how Tom Thibodeau is running this team. Um, if you can grab somebody quick, like off the side of the road, that's been that's been a coach in the league before, or if you could somehow get, uh, I don't know, I don't know how that how those rules work, but if you get, could get an assistant from from somewhere else that has been uh, has experience, like that, I'm cool with that too. I really don't care as long as Tom Thibodeau is out of the picture. You want Jeff Van Gundy then? Is that what I hear you saying? I don't know how you got that, and I would never say that in my entire life. Uh, no, thank you. No Jeff Van Gundy for me. Uh, you know, I I agree Tibbs is not a good coach. I think I, I'm coming around to it at this point. It's probably best to just cut ties with him, with Layden, and <clears throat> with Butler as well. Maybe let Glenn Taylor try coaching a game or two just for fun, but I, I think you you get rid of those guys. You call Pat Riley back immediately because he seems to be the only one who will take Butler at this point. Exactly. You take whatever he gives you. And I'm which, which I would. I mean, I'm confused real quick. So did they call off the trade because the Wolves asked for Justice Winslow too? Apparently. The deal was Josh Richardson, Deion Waiters, and a protected first-round pick for Butler. 
and okay. they were close to making the deal. And then Thibodeau called back and said he wanted more picks. And then that's when Riley hung up the phone. Okay. Yeah, that makes um, sense. That makes sense. And if you're not getting anything better, but obviously Thibodeau has a different agenda when it comes to trading Butler. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that – that is what could be used as cause for uh, his firing to make it – make to lessen the blow a little bit financially on the Wolves. But kind of getting back to that, I, I would be remiss to, if I didn't say that uh, – Glenn Taylor has been a problem in this whole situation and the fact that he's not doing anything about it. Um, he said that he has said already at owners meetings, like if you want to talk trade, talk to me. And then he somehow defers it back to Layden and Thibodeau. And then it, it's just been, it just seems like it's been a mess. And you can tell by the other front offices in the league that have tried to reach out. They, they aren't sure where to go and what to do. Riley's obviously experienced enough that he knows how to navigate these kinds of things. But it, it just has been a train wreck, and Taylor has not handled it well being in the, the by the fact that Thibodeau is, one, still in charge, and two, that he hasn't put a, a deal through. So everyone's, at, everyone's to, to blame here. I don't blame the players for how they're playing right now because – I, I, you know, I don't know how I would be able to play for a coach that backs a guy who asks for a trade and then comes in and storms around practice. I, it's, it's amazing that Butler can keep doing these atrocious things to a, an organization and the coach and president of basketball operations is like, yeah, this is a good way to go. This is how I would do it too. I'm, I'm cool with what, what's happening. I like this. I'm smiling. I'm smirking about this in, the, in my office. Though that just can't happen, and no matter if he's a good coach or not, like you can't, as a as a coach and as a as a president, I don't think you can allow yourself to side with a guy who is trying to destroy what you're supposedly building. So that's just kind of my rant on the whole Jimmy Butler deal, and it's it's less about Butler now, though, is the thing. It's more about how the Wolves are handling it, both from an ownership and front office standpoint. So. My hope is that by the time we're done recording this podcast, Tom Thibodeau is no longer uh, employed by the Minnesota Timberwolves, but I'm not, I mean, I'm getting my hopes up, but I'm also not expecting anything. So it's it's just a mess. I hope something gets done, and then it's going to affect the over-under for the Wolves as we start to transition into yeah. that yeah, talk. Absolutely. We're, we're, we're going to get into that. So, um Enough of that. Enough of my complaining and whining. Well, let's get into these West over-unders, starting with the Sacramento Kings. Their over-under their over this year is set at 26, according to the most current Westgate odds. Uh, last year, they won 27 games, which is amazing to me. That's remarkable. And, but their expected wins, wins and losses last year via basketball reference were 23. So that's a little bit more like it. What what what's your view on the Kangs this year, Josh? This is such an easy under. It, probably the easiest pick in my mind out of the Western Conference here is to take the under on the Kangs because they did win twenty seven last year, and then who did what? George Hill's gone. Now they traded him after. I'm sure he helped get some wins and. Right. Did they just add a bunch of post players this year? You can't yeah, play they, they were five running, uh, bigs at the same time. Yep. They, they were running they a scout with a CA at the, at, the, at the two, yeah. Uh, 
there's no way. The rest of the Western Conference got better pretty much all around. I think the other 14 teams, you can make a case that they at least didn't get much worse than last Absolutely. year. And I don't think there's Absolutely. any way the Kings pick up that many wins, especially if you look at how many bad teams there were in the West last year. How many mm -hmm. teams were tanking? How many easy wins they could cherry pick from those guys? Uh, there's no way. Hard I'm with the Kings. I'm I'm with you on that. I've it's. I wouldn't. Be, I could see them maybe even being a team, a team in the teens. Um, they have guys that are gonna maybe be. They have talented guys, but they don't care. They still don't care. Um, and also, um, the Vlad father, as we saw in that leaked photo from when they signed one of their free agents this year, um, Vlade and Vivek are seem content with. Just rolling out crazy lineups, crazy uh, team, a crazy team, like a team that just does not have the ability to win and doesn't seem like they will for a long time. Uh, I think the epitome of this was when they took on Bruno Caboclo last year, who fittingly is still two years away from being two years away, and that's what I think this Kings team is, except they are two years away from being like five years away. Um, and even that, at that point, I don't think we'll be able to definitively say that they uh, – are in a position to, su to succeed. So, yeah, under on the Kings. That's pretty pretty easy. I do like a couple other guys. I like Bogdanovich. I like Fox. I kind of like Bagley. I like Willie Cauley-Stein, but they're just not going to put it together. And Dave Jurger is probably playing, like, doing this to get fired. I would not be surprised if he's gone by the middle of the year. Um, it doesn't seem like he wants to be there anymore. So, under on the Kings. Uh, Phoenix, 29. Speaking of not wanting to be there anymore. Yeah. Oh, seriously. <laughs> Good call. I totally forgot about that. Eric Bledsoe. Uh, Phoenix, 29 is their number. Uh, last year, they won 21 games, and their expected wins win-loss record was – they were an expected 19 wins last year, which is yeah, really they crazy. Out, they, they, they pulled out some clutch hard. wins at the end of the season there. They did. They tanked hard. Um, so, so their number is 29. What – are you thinking about the about the Suns, Josh? I'm thinking the under on Phoenix as well. I know they got Aiton, they got Trevor Ariza, they've got some nice guys there now. But I, I, similar to what I said about the Kings, you look at the rest of the Western Conference and the teams we'll get into, and I don't see a way that a bunch of young guys can go out and compete with all these teams that have more experience and just more established talent. I think the Suns have a strong future, but I don't think they have anything to win for this year. Why not tank it another year, get another good piece, and then see what the league looks like next year? I'm picking the under. I'm with I'm on the under as well. Um, Devin Booker just had I think just had a procedure. Um, I'm not sure exactly what it was on, but he he's not necessarily gonna be ready for the first week, although they're they're saying he's hopeful for the opener. Um, I like Devin Booker a lot. I think he can be um, a really, really nice facilitator for them. And Aiton has obviously showed showed well in the preseason. But, um, yeah, the, the under just seems a little bit too – 29 is a little high for them. I, I could see them maybe jumping up to an over on that next year. But I'm, I'm going to take a slight under, maybe like 25, 26 wins for them. Uh, they, they just don't have, I don't think, the depth yet. And they're – Three-point shooting, I think, is an issue, too. 
I'm taking the under as well. Okay, here's an interesting one. The Memphis Grizzlies, they're shooting at 33.5. Last year they won 22 games. Expected win wins were 25. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but they tanked hard. Like, really, really hard. hard. And, they d- and they shut down Mike Conley for the year. You know, like, Maybe 25, 30 games into the season. Same with Gasol. By the end of the end of the season, he was he wasn't playing. Um, thirty three and a half. I'm taking the over. Oh, I think I, it's I, disrespectful to have them at thirty three. I I love the over on these guys. Jaron Jackson's going to be really good. I think him and Gasol can play together. I th- I'm excited for that lineup. And Conley has showed that he is just a steadying hand uh, for that team. And obviously, we cannot overlook the scoring prowess of one Marshawn Brooks. Um, who will I think explode? Uh, who name. who who might have a better season than than Trey Young actually um, is one of the uh, consensus uh, ideas. One of the one of the bets that's floating around there is that Marshawn Brooks will be uh, a factor. So I I would hope that he is. He is one of the cult heroes of the NBA. Are you ready right for now. this though? Yeah. What's that? What about Chandler Parsons? What What about Chandler Parsons? What about Chandler Parsons? Apparently, he's had some procedures done in the offseason. He went and saw the same guy that I believe Eric Gordon saw when suddenly Eric Gordon went from always injured to career seasons with Houston. Uh, And I don't believe in Chandler Parsons by any means, but if there's a year it's going to happen for that guy, it's going to be this year. I think there's no way you can count out the Grizzlies. 33 and a half. It's rude. It it is. It is kind of that low. Because that team is still like they 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 decided to give up on the season. They they didn't ha- they didn't have to, but they did, and it, it was the right choice. It was one of the but, more impressive tank jobs that I think we've seen from a team with that many established players. It's very it's almost Spurs like in from '98 when they don't when when Robinson got hurt for the year, um, and they and they dove for Tim Duncan. And then all of a sudden they're back to being good again. It won't be Spurs level success, I don't think, but um, they'll be better uh, absolutely than they were last year. I think thirty three and a half is a is a good number to take the over on. So I'm going with the over. What did the Grizzlies win two seasons ago? Uh, I want to say they were they were the seven seed, right? Mm-hmm. And they, um, I want to say they won forty four games ish, forty four forty five somewhere in that range. I'm pulling it up right now. Let's see here. Yeah, 43 and 39, seventh yeah. in the Western Conference. Yep. I I don't think they're they're not bad. I, like they're they have a good lineup. Their their bench is young, but they showed that they can produce sometimes. They uh they pulled off a couple of tough wins late in the season against teams I think in the Northwest Division. I think they beat the Thunder once late in the year. They beat the Wolves once late in the year. So they have that, the, they have the that pieces two years that ago team together. played Golden State really well too. Mm, yes, like many people remember that. True. Yeah, I I, I think they're going to be fine. I think thirty three and a half is an, a number to take the over on for them. Uh, now one of the more fun teams in the conference, the Dallas Mavericks. They're over unders at thirty five, and I think this is one of the hardest ones in the whole league to choose to choose. It is um, really tricky. I I didn't even decide yet. I have a TBD next to their name. Uh. They, last year they won 24 games, but their expected wins were 33 mm-hmm. with that team. And I so I did a little digging on that. Um, last year 
they played 23 games that were decided by five or less points. How many of those games do you think they won? Oh, I remember watching too many Mavericks games where they just blow it in the last two minutes. Um, so 23 games decided by five like or two less. possessions. Goodness. Um, I am going to say they won four of those games. They won five of those games. They were 5-18 and 18 in those games. And three of those wins came in a five-day span in December. So throughout the year, they were just unlucky as hell in in those games. They they couldn't they couldn't win them. So I think Dallas is obviously going to be better. They're they're they they are a veteran team. Honestly, um, they have they and they've become almost even more veteran even with their rookie Luka Doncic. Um, and he's, he's going to be really, really fun to watch. Him and Dennis Smith in the backcourt is going to be really dynamic, really interesting to, to see how they work. But 35 for an over-under, I'm, I'm going to say a very slight over. I think they're a 36 yeah, or 37-win team. I don't think what they do think? more than – I think 39 is the maximum this team wins this year, and I think that would be a lot. I think 37 is the right spot, so I'm going to take the slight mm. over. Okay. Although I what wouldn't you, be what? shocked if they're – like right at 35. I could see them pulling the trigger on a trade at some point this season too. Um, Harrison Barnes is a, is a piece that might, might be able to bring in something. Um, if Wes Matthews stays healthy and plays well, maybe, but um, I like that team. I don't know about their depth, but like their, their starting five is pretty decent and I think they'll be, fun, they'll be fun to watch. So I'm excited for that team. Um, Here's one that I am just absolutely appalled by, and that one is the Los Angeles Clippers, and their number is 37.5. I am hammering the over on the Los Angeles Clippers. What about, wow. I want to hear your explanation first before I, I give mine. I am not going to hammer the over, but I am going to take the slight over. I think this team's right around 39, 40 wins. Um and that's just because I, I don't think there are like any nights where this team is really out of it. They obviously don't really have any stars on that team, but they have probably the greatest collection of role players ever assembled. And I mean, without, yeah, without having a star, it's amazing. still capable of winning basketball games. Um, say what you will about him outside of the game, but um, I mean... You know, didn't he trade Austin Rivers too? He traded his son. That's a big yep, sign of did. maturity from him. Yeah. Um, and I think Tobias Harris takes another step forward this year. Uh, I think that young backcourt will take a little bit to come in, but I think this is the kind of team that could take advantage of the second half of this game, or of this season this year. I think they could come out of the All Star break kind of firing on all cylinders, maybe taking advantage of injuries or. Um, just weird scheduling, but uh, I think this Clippers team could start slow and finish hot. I'm excited for them. I think that I, Shea Gilgis Alexander might be my favorite rookie already. He is six foot six, six eleven and a half wingspan, playing point guard. Uh, he's he's going to be what Sean Livingston was hyped up to be. I think coming out of high school, which was like the the the, the Penny type guy. Obviously, not going to be Penny Hardaway, but I think he, he's he's showed in the preseason already. He's consistent in what he does. Um, he has good vision. He, he can finish at the rim with the bigger guys. I'm excited for for his development throughout the year. And I think yeah, Bobby and Toby. Who doesn't love Bobby and Toby? 
those guys will account. Boba Marjanovic is actually a decent basketball player. And he is, yeah. I'm excited to see him play. I, I like their role, other role guys. I like Montrez Harrell a lot. I like Patrick Beverly a lot. I like uh, Danilo Gallinari when he's healthy. is actually a really good player. Um, yeah, I, they did lose DeAndre. They did lose you have to remember DeAndre that. Jordan. They did lose him, but they added Gortat, who is still a decent player as well. Yep. Good so. pick and roll guy. I think they're. I think they're still. Jordan didn't play a lot of crunch time last year. They would. They rolled a lot of times. They rolled with uh, Austin Rivers, Lou Williams, um, Tobias Harris, Montrez Harrell, and Boba Marjanovic as their crunch time lineup. And they and they had a winning streak, I think, of four or five games at late in the season where they rolled with that as their crunch time lineup. Uh, so I think those guys having that experience now will will be good for them. I thirty seven and a half seems low. I'm gonna. I think they're. Uh, at best, they're probably a 43-win team and just maybe just on the outside of the playoffs. Um, hmm. But I, I'm I think taking they the peak at 42. I think their peak is 42 wins, maybe 41. They won, they won 42 last year. Their expected was 41. I think they're, they're – I don't think they got worse. Honestly. I don't think they did either, but they didn't get much better, if at sure. all. Yeah, they're still that middling kind of team in the conference. Um, and they'll have max cap space next year to do a lot of things with it with, so – We'll see how that plays out. Uh, now on to our favorite Minnesota Timberwolves. Currently, 41.5 is what's listed. I don't know if that will change or how much it will change if and when something happens with this team. But, I, for, yeah, you, you tell me what you're thinking first before I give you my opinion. Uh, this is probably the hardest pick out of the entire Western Conference right now just because there's so much uncertainty with this team. I mean, we talked about earlier, you don't know about Butler, you don't know about Tibbs, you don't know about uh, much other than that Carl Anthony Towns is probably going to take another step forward and be an even better scorer this year. And I, I'm just, I don't trust this team right now. I don't think I trust the young guys to really hunker down and focus in on the season with so much noise going on about this team. So I'm going to take a very slight under on them right now. Uh, they could, Jimmy could come back and just want to prove everybody that he's still a very valuable player and I could see them easily surpassing this, but with the way things look at this moment, I, I don't trust this team. I don't trust them either and I'm taking the under as well. Um, they won 47 last year with a seemingly happy Jimmy Butler and a terribly ineffective scheme. Um, so they won games based on talent alone. And they have talent. Jeff Teague is a good player. He's a good point guard. Taj Gibson had a career year. Towns is one of the most gifted offensive players in the, of his generation, um, much less for a big man. I, I think they're they have the talent to do it, but until – they figure their, themselves out mentally, financially, all the all these things that we've already talked about. Like nothing's changing, and I, I think they'll be worse. They didn't get better, obviously, and they definitely seem to have gotten worse from what what we've seen in the preseason and what's been going on behind the scenes with all this, these reports. But yeah, I'm taking it under as well, um, especially if Jimmy Butler gets traded. But I also I would not be surprised if they actually play better once all this is taken care of. Um, mm-hmm. But again, that ha- that can only happen, honestly, if Tom Thibodeau's gone. So until that happens, I'm keeping the under on the Wolves, and we've already talked enough about them. We won't stick on them too much. 
Uh, On to my favorite team in the NBA, sarcastically, the Portland Trailblazers. Their number is 42. Last year they won 49 games. Their expected was 48, which was a little interesting to me because they had a hot streak, so I wasn't sure if they lucked out in some of those games or not. Um, But it is well known, it's well documented that I just have an unexplainable dislike for the Portland Trailblazers um, in general. I forty two is seems kind of low. I I took the over, but not by much. I I don't think they're good enough to be the third seed again. I think no, Damian Lillard is a, no a little seed. overrated. <laughs> um, I don't think that team is deep. They lost Ed Davis, who is apparently a huge hit for them. That, that's what everyone's saying. Um, I'm taking an, an over of about forty five wins probably. At, and 46 or 47 at the very best. But I don't think they can uh, replicate what they did last year. Uh, I'm taking the over as well uh, pretty easily. I think 49 wins is definitely the peak for that team, but I don't understand how you can look at this team and expect them to be seven games worse than they were last year. I think that they're just too good. They have too much talent to be – at under 42 wins. I, and they, may, they might miss the playoffs just because the West is so tough right now. I think right now, yeah, what, they're the ninth seed right now based on these win totals. Um, and I could see that happening, but I, I don't think there's any way they're under 42 wins this season, barring some kind of catastrophic injury. It's really funny because they didn't really, their team doesn't really change that much, but everyone is just. They, Vegas is somehow so low on them. Everyone's hammering the under that their their number just keeps going down. So uh, it's really interesting that a team can just go go be like so fall so far out of favor um, that they they their over under goes down by seven wins when really nothing's changing for them. But I think people are starting to realize that last year was maybe a fluke in how they won. I think twelve in a row at one point. Um, I would say it balances out a little bit, kind of right in the middle there, 45 or 46. Um, now to another very interesting one, the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, my notes, well, that last year last year they won 47 games. Their expected wins, win-loss record is 49 and 33. So I think that's pretty interesting that they almost underachieved, at least based on the algorithm that Basketball Reference uses. Um, they don't have any point guards right now as DeJounte Murray tore his ACL, which is one of the biggest bummers of the preseason so far. And then Derek White, their backup, just uh, it was just announced he's going to be out for two months with a heel injury. Um, my, in my notes, no point guards, but Spurs, over. I'm taking the over as well. I think they do lack depth, but at the same time, uh, Patty Mills is still there. He's decent stopgap until they can get maybe some more depth and I think DeMar DeRozan can be used as a ball handler in some situations Um, and I think you look at this team they won 47 games last year without Kawhi Leonard their best player and I mean I I added up all their their win shares of the guys they added versus the guys they lost and I mean there's no way I'm taking the under on the Spurs. Yeah, I think I'm with you that, on that. And like I said to you yesterday, Greg Popovich probably just walked into a Starbucks 
and found a European guard who's going to play a really efficient 16 minutes this year, and no one's ever heard of him. But it's just what they do. I don't think you can count out the Spurs. I mean, they're going to be on the bottom of the playoffs, sure, but 43 and a half is, is just way too low. Everyone talks about how you need point guards, and I, I agree with it. But there are other ways to play basketball than just having a traditional point guard play that bring the ball up. I, I, I like your DeRozan point. Um, I think you can use Aldridge even in some respects as kind of your facilitator, um, out of whether it be out of the post or at and the top run, of the key. They do run a lot of high post plays. So I like between, between Gasol and Aldridge. Exactly. Um, those guys are still are capable passers. Aldridge really showed that he could be pretty versatile in that role last year, and he, he was a go-to offensive option. So I'm actually excited to watch that team. I think they're going to be fine. Um, they might not have much offensive output aside from DeRozan and Aldridge, which so that'll be tough to come by every once in a while, but I still like that team. I think they'll be fine. I've taken the over at 43.5 as well. Uh, New Orleans Pelicans, 45.5. What are you thinking? This is another tricky one. Um, I'm going to take the slight over on New Orleans. I think that losing Boogie means less scoring for that team. But, I mean, that team was clicking by the end of the season last year. Their pace was crazy. I mean, they were fast. They were sharp defensively. Anthony Davis was putting up a ton of points every single night, and especially with the momentum they have now them just demolishing the Portland Trailblazers in the playoffs. Um, I think this core has been together for long enough now that they can play off of each other really, really well. Mm -hmm. And I think that they're probably going to win close to what they did last year, probably about 48 wins. I was really, really tempted to take the under on this because I was looking at last year and their expected wins. They won 48 last year. Their expected was 44. So I wanted to check out how they did in close games. Um, and in I did some digging on Anthony Davis to see if I could pull up any um, any fun dirt on him in those big games. In games that were decided by th- – in their wins that were decided by three points or less, um, the first one I saw, he put out, he only had 13 points and 10 rebounds. So I was like, oh, maybe I'm on to something here. Maybe, I, maybe the ender is a smart choice. Maybe he's underperforming in big games. But then uh, – the next six wins by three points or less were 45 and 17, 27 and 11, 27 and 13, 30 and 10, 45 and 16, and 33 and 9. And I was like, yep, over, Anthony Davis. So, Hammer the over. Ha- yeah, I'm, I'm not, I might not be hammering the over, but I'm taking the over. I'm saying 47 wins is about, is about right for this team. So, and I, I never have been a huge fan of them, but like with how unstoppable Anthony, Anthony Davis is and how Drew Holiday is legitimately an all NBA candidate at point guard on both ends of the floor. And they added Julius Randle, who I really like. Miritich is still a good player. I'm going to be interested to see how their rotations work with those guys, especially in crunch time. Um, Someone's going to have to sit. But I I like that team. I still do, even though they still don't have a small forward, which is really, really funny. Um, But I still like them. I think they'll be fine. Uh, The Denver Nuggets, an interesting team. One of the kind of the hit picks to – make the playoffs and have a good season. Denver, their number is 47 and a half. Um, I'm taking the under. I know that's unpopular, and it's not a big under, um, 
but I Murray, Jokic, and Harris are fun. I love those guys. I love how they play. I love their pace. Um, but they're still not going to stop anybody. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if the injury bug hits again. The 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 combination of Murray, Jokic, and Harris. It's the it was the fourth highest scoring trio on that team during the season. But they only played in fifty nine games together. So obviously they have the potency. But if they can stay healthy, I think then maybe the over is a possibility. But I'm saying about the same wins as last year. But the West is might be a little bit weaker. So I'm I still think they make the playoffs. Uh, I don't think you can say that the West is weaker this year, but I will also take the under on the Denver Nuggets. I think they win 45, 46 games this year. I just don't trust that team yet. I feel like there's still a lot of youth on it. I think Paul Millsap coming back could be good for them, but I mean he wasn't that effective last year, even after he came back mm-hmm. from his injury. Um, and then... Just I, I look at this team and I see a lot of fun, but again, like you said, there's no defense on this team. Everybody's going to be putting up 115, 120 points on the Denver Nuggets this year, and I don't trust them to keep pace and scoring every single night. I just I don't think they have enough. Um, I'm in, I'm interested to hear why you think the West is not even a little bit weaker. I I mean look at. Look at all these teams in the West and tell me who really who got worse. I mean, Golden State added Boogie. Houston, maybe a little bit worse. Uh, Utah, I think they got better just on Donovan Mitchell growing. OKC got rid of Melo, which how can that be a loss? Yep. Um, Denver, you know, they're growing stronger. LeBron James came to the Western Conference. Okay, the, the top half, the top half of the conference probably got stronger. But and then you look the at bottom, the bottom half too. Is... Did Phoenix get worse? Not really. Memphis got better. Dallas I'm got I'm not even better. concerned about those teams, though. I'm concerned about the two teams that made the playoffs as the 7 and 8 seed who probably who people aren't super high on anymore, the Spurs and the Wolves. Those two teams could, could like, as much as they could do well, they could fall out. And I think there's Portland, just a lot of volatility in the middle of the Western Conference. Portland is I, – I, I don't know about them. Obviously, I don't like them that much, and that's just internal bias, but – I don't think they're they're not going to be a, as good as they were last year. I I could see that I could see New Orleans in the in almost that same boat. Um, so I I don't know. Denver I think they're going to make the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to hit their over because I think forty four or forty five wins is, instead of forty seven is going to be enough for the playoffs in the West this year, just because everyone's kind of going to beat each other. In mm-hmm. that area, from from that like five, from that maybe five to even ten or eleven spot in the West, I think it's going to be a really, really it'll be tight again at the end. But I don't think it's going to take as as many wins as it did last year to make the playoffs in the West. Um, all right, next up, Los Angeles Lakers, everyone's favorite team, now run by LeBron James and company. Uh, their over under is forty seven and a half as well um and i'm really really close to hammering the over on these guys what about you uh you give your reasoning i I still haven't picked yet okay (laughs) um well one lebron james and even in the preseason he's destroying people i don't think he's stopping anytime soon i don't i think all the talk about 
him holding, wasting a year of his prime so these young guys can grow and all these one-year signings. It's all a plan. I could see them jumping up into the third spot in the West. I, I, could, I think by the time it's all said and done, this team has won 50-plus games. And I could see them – I can't wait for that series against Houston because that's going to be some offensive uh, juggernauts going at each other. And I, I like their young guys. Um, I, re- I like Kuzma. I like Hart. I, I'm starting to come around on Ingram. Uh, those guys as cutters are going to be really fun. And I, I think they're going to be fine. I think they're good. JaVale has, is going to be a, a, a serviceable center for that team. I think th- this team kind of becomes Warriors light in that they, they're going to turn guys that aren't that good into very serviceable players, uh, like what the Warriors did with McGee the last couple of years. I, I think they're going to be fine. I think they're a 50-plus win team. And LeBron is going to go crazy again. Um, do all, all his things. He's still the best player in the world, and he will be until proven otherwise. Sorry, KD. Sorry, AD. Um, Braun is still the best. So I'm taking the over pretty easily on the Lakers at 47.5. You know, I thought about it for about 45 seconds and I mean, just confused as to why I was questioning this team. I'm taking the over. Mm-hmm. It's, it's simple math. They won 35 games last year in a tough in a tough West Conference. I know the bottom part of the West was just terrible last year, but they added LeBron, who had something like 15 win shares last year, and then they added a bunch of other vets who aren't bad players. Uh, it's a weird team, but there's just so much energy on that team that they're just going to run other people into the ground, I think. For sure. They have so much youth. I mean, outside, like, LeBron's obviously getting up there, but they're just this team should win 50 50 games at least i'm excited i think and especially with the questions surrounding okc which we'll get to in a minute um they could they could have a chance to jump up early um into a a top spot in the west and and if they can keep that uh keep that pace and keep that going i think they'll be fine by the end of the year um wouldn't be surprised to see them try to pull off a trade at some point um but i think they should keep their core intact and see what LeBron can do with these guys before they jump to any conclusions. So I'm taking the over on the Lakers. Uh, next up, the Oklahoma City Thunder, who are at 48 and a half, and I need to hear your reasoning, Joshua, with all the questions surrounding them right now. You know, it breaks my heart that I just crossed out the over that I had written yeah. next to OKC, and I'm going to take the under on them. Yep. I think – Injury questions with Russ, I think he's going to be fine. And I think Roberson, he's still gone for two months. That's important to that team. And uh, I think they're just going to stall out a little bit. I think, honestly, that they could be a candidate for a a coaching change. Mm. And I want the Thunder to be good with all of my heart. But Me too. I love that I, team. I'm, I'm going to take a, a slight under. I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, with Westbrook being hurt, I think that's the biggest factor. Um, and he is he, he makes them go, really. like every, every, They have other good players around them. And Roberson's out for two months again, and maybe more, which is just going to kill them. Um, but 
yeah, I'm taking a slight under. By the end of the year, they could they could be a really dangerous team if everybody's healthy, which I, I'm really, really hoping for. I like that team a lot. I think a lot of people like that team a lot. Um, I'm I mean, looking it's at the Western their, Conference. I, any of these teams, like if OKC has 50 wins at the end of the season, I'm not going to be completely shocked. Sure. But then again, at the same time, if they also only have like 44 wins, I'll be disappointed exactly. but not shocked. And I feel like right. most of these teams, there's just too much volatility. I'm really of, excited. A lot of parity in this in this Western Conference. Ex- exactly. I, I think they're gonna they'll be fine by the end of the year. They're they're still a playoff team. Um, I'm looking at their advanced stats from last year. Stephen Adams had 9.7 win shares, which is only 0. .4 behind Russell Westbrook. Stephen Adams is awesome. Stephen Adams is good, dude. I he is a throwback guy, but the thing is, he's not an offensive option. Like, really, really good in pick and roll. Good passer out of the pick and roll too, but he's he's not gonna sit on the block and demand the ball, which is really what you need from a guy that works with Westbrook like that, and he's definitely accepted his role. He, We all saw that, that last game of the season uh, last year when Adams was clearing out for Westbrook to get all of his rebounds and uh, to get that triple-double for the season again. They love each other. Steven Adams is, is awesome. Like Maybe that's contributing to his win shares is letting Westbrook get his own. Maybe it's a secondary win shares kind of thing. Um, but I'm I'm excited to see that team without Carmelo Anthony, to see the ball move a little bit more. Uh, they're fun. I I they're they're one of the more exciting teams, even if they aren't gonna necessarily be really really good from start to finish. Uh, but I'm I'm excited to watch that team. Um, but I, again, I'm taking the under as well. Uh, Utah Jazz fifty wins is the line for them over or under. Uh, you go first on this one. I'm taking the over for the Jazz. I love this team. The, the only thing I'm holding back on is whether Donovan Mitchell maybe gets a little too starry-eyed in terms of uh, trying to take over too much because his, his teammates are plenty available, plenty able to do to do their damage as well. Um, their starting lineup is really, really tough, and their bench is full of guys that just like want to win games, uh, like Jay Crowder. Um, Derek Favors, all those guys, I think they're they're fun. They're they love each other, which is really it's cool to see that. Like, I my, the comparison is is the Wolves, like in in the total opposite way because the Wolves just never hang out. Jeff Teague was quoted as saying, "Yeah, this is the first time we've all gotten together. We've all done anything at the start of the preseason when all the Jazz guys are hanging out over the, over the summer. Rubio and Ingles and Mitchell are all like best buds. Um, they all mess with each other on Twitter. It's 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 a family almost, and I think that is what is missing for a lot of other teams, and that's why the Jazz kind of came together and had that huge run last year, is because they uh, they really like each other, they really ha- they they embrace each other, they buy in. So I'm taking the over on the Jazz. I think they're probably a 53 win team or so. Um, I'm, but I, I really like that team. I think they're going to be good, good, just as good, even probably better than last year. Um, I'm also going to take the over. Uh, I'm probably not quite as high as you are on them. But 50 wins feels almost exactly right for this team. Um, if Gobert can stay healthy, yeah. he was out of the picture for a decent chunk of time last year. Um, uh, and didn't Utah have like a really slow start last season? They started, I want to say. Uh, I remember for a while, wasn't Ricky Rubio their top offensive player for a brief yeah, stretch the, of time? At the start of the year, before Mitchell blew up, he was scoring all their points, um, which was 
to the utter glee of my of me. I love that um, as he was traded away in the offseason. Um, but yeah, they, I think I want to say they started like eighteen and twenty six or something, and finished forty eight and thirty four. Um, so that, yeah, they finished like thirty and eight on the season, which they won I think oh, another, like ten or eleven incredible. in a row. It, so obviously they can't replicate that. Um, that kind of tear again, but I think they're going to be more consistent this year. They're going to be. They're, I think they found they, their identity now. Exactly, they know who they are. They, they, uh, they can play with anybody. Their defense is one of the best three or four in the league, um, and with Gobert in the back, I, they're they're tough to play against. So, um, if they can maybe, yeah, I think they're a key for them defensively will be to limit three point attempts, because um, obviously nobody's going to want to drive in the paint on Gobert and Favors and those guys. So. If their perimeter D can kind of clamp up, I think they'll be fine. And I, and again, Mitchell, um, if he can just be solid, like he doesn't have to, he he doesn't have to average twenty five a game. He can average eighteen or nineteen, and if it's spread around in a good in a good way across the whole team, if he can average five or six assists too, like that's plenty for that team to to be successful again. Uh, two more teams left. We got the Houston Rockets next. Fifty six and a half. Um, Dropping basically nine games from what they won last year. They won sixty five last year. Uh fifty six and a half. I am I'm rolling with the under. And wow. It's not by much. <laughs> that was a that was a very uh disapproving wow, Josh. Um I I'm rolling with the under I think they're like a fifty three or fifty four win team. I think the Jazz aren't far behind them. Um this team might have gotten worse. I I do like James Ennis as a substitute for Ariza and Mbamute, but he's, he might not be enough in terms of like offensive ability. P.J. Tucker and Eric Gordon are still there, good players. Um, the thing that changes this is if Houston comes back in as a dark horse for Butler because there has been talk. Obviously, they're, I think their owner came out and publicly said, yeah, we'd love to have Jimmy Butler come back home, which for some reason is not tampering. Um, but that's the only way I see them hitting the over, and I, I'm very much the minority on this. But I, I don't, I, I don't trust this team as much as, as their hot streak last year. You're never as good as you, as you, as as your best. You're never as bad as your worst. But I'm, I'm taking the under on these guys. I think 54 wins, 55 wins is probably where they're at. What, what about you? Oh, I'm taking the over so easily on this team. I think. Um... Bamute was really good last year. I think Ariza is really important to that team, but he did not have that great of a season. Mm-hmm. Digging through his stats, he had kind of an off season from what he had been uh, in the past couple of seasons before that. And they still won 65 games. It's now 65. There's no way they replicate that this year, but I they could easily hit 60 wins again, I think. Uh, I'm probably pegging them around 58, 59 wins. Mm. Um, I think Mello is the only thing that stops this team. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even mention him. Maybe because I forgot about him because he's, he's irrelevant. I, yeah, Mello's the only thing that stops this team. I mean, <laughs> Michael Carter I'd love to see him sabotage like he did OKC last year. I, 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 don't, I don't think there's any way the Rockets got nine games worse. Hmm. No way. I had to be a little different. I'm excited about that one. I hope I, I hope I'm right on that. And honestly, it, like 
the other teams that are just behind them, the Lakers are going to give them really good runs. The Jazz are going to give them really good runs. OKC, when they're healthy, um, even Denver can play play with them offensively, even though that game is going to be in like the 160s. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's just a little bit more evened out at the top now. And that is why I'm taking the under on Golden State as well. They're at 62. I I think they're they, they're going to maybe hit a bump like they did last year where they're just kind of like, eh, we know what we're doing. We're fine. I think they're about a 58 or 59 win team again. They won 58 last year. Um, and then rolled through the playoffs like like it was nothing, as usual. Yeah, so I, I agree. I'm taking I'm the under taking just because of the regular season. Uh, implications, but I, th- they're they're obviously the the best team in the league, and it's it's not even close. So no, yeah, easily taking the well, not super easily. I could see a, a, a world in which the Golden State Warriors would just have a crazy regular season, but I think now that they have proven to themselves that they can coast through the regular season and still, you know, sweep the finals, I don't think they have any motivation to go for a crazy number of wins this season. Hold on, we've they got can, a quick break. We've got quick breaking news before we finish up here. Adrian Wojnarowski tweeting that the wave and stretch pr- provision will be used on Joakim Noah by the New York Knicks. Whoa. They are not going to reach a buyout agreement. So he will become an unrestricted free agent and available to other teams after clearing waivers early next week. He is owed $38 million. So that'll be you know fun. What the, you know what this means? I'm taking the over on the Timberwolves. Oh, the over on the Timberwolves because they're going to on the Timberwolves. Where else is Joe oh. Keep Noah going to land? Gosh, dang it. <laughs> oh, see, see, it's the under that you need to take on them now, even farther than what, what we were planning on earlier. Um, yeah, so, and also take the over on the Knicks now. Everybody quick, jump in on that. Um, even if Perzingis is out for the year, that team is still going to win a lot of games because Joakim Noah is no longer on their roster. Was he on the uh, roster but, last year, though? Like, I know, technically speaking, he Kind was, of. But... Kind of. Not. I mean, he was, on paper he was. He was never there, which didn't really matter. Um, but yeah, we're both taking the under on Golden State, and that kind of wraps up all of these teams. In the West, uh, Josh, who who if you were to, to pick an underdog to win the West, who are you taking? Um, to win the West, that's too hard. There's only like the Lakers would be my underdog to win the West. Uh, that's, that's just because they have too. LeBron James. And I think so too. LeBron James is going to play in the finals again. I feel like isn't even that crazy of a thing to say. Right. Except for the fact that he just has to get through Golden State again this year. I was watching their game last night against the Warriors, and he was resting, but he was dressed. Um, they they look they pan over to him on the sitting on the bench, and he's in his Lakers warm up. And I, I look at his face, and then I look at the logo, and I look at his face, and I look at the logo again. I look at his face, look at his, look at the logo again, and I'm like, this still just does not feel like real life. Um, but I think I'm not. I think they're going to be fine. I think they're they're my dark horse pick as well. Um, and by the end of the year, the Thunder the Thunder play play well in big games, especially against good teams like the Warriors and and the Rockets. And so, I wouldn't be surprised if they're a, a, a chance they have a chance to upset somebody too. Uh, but yeah, that's that's our over unders for the season 
for the Western Conference. If you haven't checked out our Eastern Conference picks, go back uh, to the Marty Party Podcast and check those out as well. But, uh, Josh, thank you for joining me once again. Yeah, thank you for having you're, me. You become a frequent guest and always happy to have you on the pod over, over the phone. I uh, can't wait for you to come back uh, to Arden Hills and so we can do some live stuff once uh, Christmas rolls around into the new year. But once again, thank you for coming on and uh, we still have another whole podcast to do and that one will be reaching your airwaves soon. So be, be on the lookout for this one and our next one. Uh, for Josh Towner, I'm Jared Martinson. Stay, in, stay tuned for more Marty Party Podcast. We'll see you down the road.